Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 14. Jesus has many names and titles as we look through the Word of God. And you know, we learn a lot about Jesus by His names and what He is called all through God's Word. We learn about Him in the Gospels because we can share His life. And then within His name and His many names, we, we learn of His character. We learn what He's done. We learn why He's done what He's done. We learn how He's done what He's done. And so tonight, we're going to look at Jesus as our great high priest. If you want a title for the message, it's the believer's priest. Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This book of Hebrews was written to those who were a part of Judaism. And they were saved. And then there were those that were obviously around who were not a part of Judaism any longer, but they had not come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And from what was written in this book, it would make it very easy for them to be saved. And I'm sure many were as a result of the gospel account that's recorded in this word. A lot of Hebrews is about the destruction that comes upon those who reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But as we look into chapter 4 here, we, we read of a, a rest for the people of God. In Judaism, there, there wasn't that rest. You know, and, and, we, and we see of a priest that's spoken of throughout the Bible, but then we have our great high priest who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we get a description of why He is called our great high priest now. Jesus is the last scriptural priest, if you will, being very direct and, and very blunt, but He is now our great high priest, and we're going to see Him in this position as our great high priest tonight. We're going to look at a few things about Him, and that is that He is above, that He is aware, and that He is 
approachable. First of all, He is above. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. He is above. He's above the priest. He's literally above in heaven now. He is above and we see it by the purity of His person. Now, as far as the priest of the ancient Jews who they depended on. Look, this, this priest was particularly selected. This priest would be chosen from the tribe of Levi. And the Lord set this man apart. He was a holy, consecrated servant of God. There were some very important duties and responsibilities that the priest would have in the tabernacle. They would burn the incense on the golden altar. They would put showbread on the table for every Sabbath. They would instruct people in the law. They would make sacrifices for the people. He was an important part of the lives of the Jews. But this priest was human. This priest needed forgiveness for himself before he went and offered forgiveness for the Jews. Our great high priest is a human priest and he's also deity. And we have another name or title for Jesus in this verse. He is not only great high priest, he is the Son of God. And he is sinless. And he never fails. And he never falls. And he needs no forgiveness because he knew no sin. Jesus never sinned. If he, if he would have, then we are all in a doomed, horrible condition with absolutely no hope and there would be no reason for us to call ourselves Christians and to even be meeting here tonight if Jesus sinned. He didn't and He is the sinless Son of God. He is perfect and He is pure. So we see the purity of His person, this great high priest of ours, but we also can consider the sinlessness of his sacrifice. Now, the former priest would offer an annual sacrifice for his own sins before that of the people's. And he had to do this before he ever entered into the Holy of Holies. And he could only be in the Holy of Holies for a particular limited time. That priest could only go through the veil and be there for the time that he was offering a sacrifice for the sins of the people, sprinkling the blood on the mercy seat. He had to immediately leave the representation of the presence of God after he was finished offering the sacrifice. He couldn't dwell in there with God. He couldn't stay there. 
Now Jesus, our great high priest, He had no sin of His own. He needed no sacrifice for sins because He had none. But He did provide a sacrifice for the sins of the people, Jesus did. And He didn't do it with a bull. He didn't do it with a goat. He didn't do it with the blood of any animal. But He did it with perfect blood. He offered a sacrifice for our sins with perfect, precious blood of His own. It was the blood of Jesus that was offered for our sin, His own blood. Hebrews 13, 12 says, Wherefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood, suffered without the gate. And in Hebrews it also says that He offered one sacrifice for sins forever. And after he did that, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. There was no questioning if it was going to hold. There was no questioning if there was something else to do. He fulfilled his mission. And his mission was to offer a salvation for you and I and our penalty of sin to be paid that cannot come up again after faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What Jesus did once for us, it holds up forever. And it never fails. Jesus is above. He's He's above the priest. Jesus is the great high priest because of the purity of His person, because of the sinlessness of His sacrifice, and because of the reality of His regenerating. What the priest did over and over for the people, which never cleared the conscience. It was an atonement. It was a covering of what was to come. But what they, what they did over and over could not produce what Jesus did one time. The believer in Christ today now is not without failure, not without slips, not without falls, not without mess-ups, not without sin, but we have been made a new creature in Christ Jesus by what He has done for us. He, Titus 3.5 says, He has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is above. Jesus has regenerated the one who has believed in Jesus. He has given us new life in Him by this one thing that He completed for us. But Jesus is not only above, Jesus is aware. Verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. There are a lot of mothers who have had babies in the hospital, 
And many of these mothers have had male doctors. And these male doctors have gone to college, they've gone to school, and they've learned the process. They, they know a whole lot about what's going on when a mother is going through labor and for the delivery of that child. He knows when something doesn't seem right, and he knows what to do if, if something takes a different turn. He knows how to react to that. He knows the process, if you will. But I don't care how many babies this male doctor delivers, he does not know this, this mother's pain. He has a very limited sympathy he can have for her because there's nothing he can do to know that pain. Now, there are mothers who have had babies, and they have had doctors who are mothers and who are female doctors. And they can know the process too, and they do know the process. Just like a male doctor. A male doctor may be, may be better at a proce- the process sometimes than the female doctor. But there's something about the, the mother-female doctor that's delivering that child that the male doctor will never be qualified in. Because she not only knows the process, she knows the pain. When this mother in labor is frustrated and at her wits end with her husband and wants to tear his head off, she knows what this mother's going through. When this mother screams out, make this pain go away, deliver this child, this female doctor, she has empathy for this mother in labor. She not only feels for her, she feels with her because she has been through what this mother is going through right now. And as we think about our Lord and Savior, our great high priest Jesus, He has not only delivered us from our sins, He doesn't leave us alone after that. And we're walking with Jesus through this life. And we're facing our trials. We're we're having the blessing of family and sharing love. And, And we're going through maybe betrayal of a friend. We're going through our frustrations and misery. And He's not only delivered us, but He knows how we feel as His children In everything that we are going through, Jesus is an expert on life experience. In the beginning of verse verse 15, he says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. That means we do have a high priest which has been touched with the feeling of our infirmities. The human priest could not know 
how the people felt. He could not empathize. He was very limited in any sympathizing. He could not say to the people, I know how you feel. But Jesus can, and Jesus does. That phrase, touched with the feeling, means that Jesus doesn't feel just for us. Jesus feels with us. Everything that we go through, He feels with us and He helps us in our infirmities. He doesn't just help us with a pitying love from heaven from the top of the mountain, if you will, not really knowing what's going on, but He can just do something miraculous and touch us and, 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 and it be done. He can do that, but, but what we're digging into here is the fact that Jesus has experienced everything that we have experienced. And when we go to Him, it makes a big difference for us to think about this truth and, and the experience that Jesus had upon this earth. God became flesh and He dwelt among us. And Jesus took upon Himself the form of a servant. And he made himself a little lower than the angels for suffering, for the suffering of death. He has suffered what you and I will never suffer, and he has clearly suffered everything that we have. He knows how we feel. Jesus knows what it's like to be hungry. He knows what it's like to be in poverty, to suffer betrayal. He's been there to be abandoned. Jesus experienced that. He's not just the God who knows everything. He experienced it. If you think about it, the way God does know this is through the ministry of His Son coming to this earth in, in, in a human body and experiencing what we experience. He's experienced being grieved to be in pain. Jesus was disappointed. Jesus prayed in desperation. He sweat, as it were, great drops of blood in prayer. He suffered temptation. On a positive note, he also experienced the love that we experience with family here. He experienced friendship. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. He experienced compassion and, and joy. Jesus experienced family. He can empathize with every situation we will ever face in our lives. Every ounce of pain that we experience, He's been there and He empathizes with us. Every trial we face, Jesus has already crossed that path and He is the one who gives the grace that we need for everything we face. That's why His grace is perfect and His grace is enough for us. Whatever we face, whatever we go through, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is enough. He taught it to Paul. 
Paul begged for this or that to go away, this thorn in the flesh, this messenger of Satan to buffet him. And God said, and God didn't have to do that. God had already experienced everything Paul did, and he was doing a work in Paul's life. And he says, my grace is sufficient for thee, Paul. No, I'm not taking it away, but I'm giving you my grace. And it is enough for us. What we face and what we go through, Jesus perfectly and completely prescribes exactly what we need by His experience of it, of what we've gone through. He knows. He is an expert on life experience. He's excellent in endurance. You notice at the end of verse 15 where he talks about being tempted in all points. It says, yet without sin. See, we are, have been, shall be tempted in many points. Jesus was tempted in all points. It's what the Bible says. Jesus has suffered adversity. Jesus has suffered temptation in the same ways that we have and then some. That lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, those things that draw us into sin. Jesus fought that. Jesus faced that temptation but the lust never conceived with him, and it never brought forth sin in the life of Jesus. But he has been tempted just like you and I. When the devil took Jesus off in the wilderness and tempted him, he tempted him to sin. Jesus faced that temptation, and he knows what that is like. And as a result... He is able to help you and I endure through the temptations, whether it's adversity, whether it's the temptation to sin. He will help you and I through it. He faced it to a greater degree than we have. Because in 1 Corinthians, it says that God will make a way for us to escape it. You know, God lets off the pressure for us, but Jesus was pressured much more and longer than you and I. A- after after Satan tempted him, it says he hungered. That's almost comical. He was starving to death at that point. You would think he has faced everything that we have and then some. Jesus is aware. Every, everything we go through, let us be mindful of this. Jesus is aware. But it doesn't stop there. Jesus is approachable. Verse 16. Since He is so aware, since He is such an expert on life experience and excellent in endurance, let us therefore... Come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. A story was told as a true story. I don't know if it is or not, 
but there was a little boy who was walking through the park and he came across a, a young adult man and he was sitting on the park bench and he was weeping. And the little boy walks up to him as if he's going to minister to him. He says, hey, what's wrong? What's going on with you? And this young man opened up to this little boy and he said, well, my brother is on death row and he is set to be executed any time now. And my only hope would be to get in to see the president, Abraham Lincoln, and to get helped in this situation. My only hope would be to get to him. And that little boy said, follow me. And he got up and he followed that boy. And that boy led him right past the guards and right past the secretary of the president and right to Lincoln's office. And he didn't knock. That little boy just opened the door and President Lincoln stands up and he looks at the young adult man and he looks at the little boy and he says, what can I do for you, son? See... This man was talking to the son of the president. And for you and I now, we have forever access to God. If God were going to have a sign at His throne for His children, it would say, always open. The way to God is always open through the Son, through Jesus Christ, because of the Son. God is approachable for you and I because of Jesus Christ and what He has done. We have direct admittance to God. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now those whose minds and hearts were still wrapped up in the system of Judaism and they missed the Messiah, they missed what the shadow was about, they wouldn't know anything about what is being said here. None of them would imagine walking right into the tabernacle, right through the outer courts and into the holy place and then just to walk right through that veil into the holy of holies where the presence of God was represented there for them. Someone would be sentenced to death. They would die for doing that. But the Holy Spirit has inspired the writer of Hebrews to let all know that God can be approached by anyone, anytime, through His Son, Jesus Christ. Under the law, it was a certain one who would come at a certain time before God. And he had a certain amount of time there. And he had to come a certain way before the presence of God under certain guidelines or else judgment would come upon them. But Jesus has satisfied the demands of God for you and I. Something neither you nor I 
nor any religion would be able to satisfy to make any connection with God. But Jesus Christ did it. He satisfied God Almighty's demands and we get to go freely to God before His throne, not of judgment, but grace. The child of God, the believer in Jesus Christ, goes all the time before a throne of grace to find help in time of need. We have direct admittance. The believer may go before God any time. And we have divine assistance when we do. Verse 16 goes on to say that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We all need help. We all need help all the time. I was so thankful to learn that in my life. And then after I did, you know, I had a lot of people tell me, I'm just going to tell you, I'll just quote what one man said, and I've probably quoted it before years ago. He said, I think church is for weak people, and I'll work hard all week, so I'll decide what to do with my time on Sunday, and I'll decide what to do with my money. And I've met people who have said a very similar thing in just different ways, and I find them all to be, to be bitter and to be coarse. Somebody that thinks they're okay in a, in, a, in a strength they're trying to show, doing it their way. Oh, what help they need, just like I needed, and just like I need every day. We, we need great help every day, all the time. And it's promised to us. It's promised to us, and the path to it is very clear. What do we do about this blessed invite and this blessed promise in every single thing we face in life? When it's more than we can bear, we can go freely to a throne of grace for help from someone who has had to bear what we are having to bear. And we go to someone who knows exactly how we feel with a promise to help and the power to do so and the perfection to give you and I exactly what we need. When we find ourselves overwhelmed with our struggles, so was Jesus. I mean, the, the expert on life experience. And he has the exact prescription for us. And I'm just going to say that every time, it's going to be different from the prescription we'll write for ourselves. You know, you, you may disagree with this, but I, I've kind of learned it to be true that granddaddy told me 
everything you want to do, God probably wants you to do something different. So you stop on your agenda and you always check with God. And it's going to be better. It is going to be best for us. Let us remember that we have a great high priest. And he is above. He is aware. And he is approachable all the time. And if you're here tonight and you have never approached God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we're not going to have a time of invitation in a song. We don't, we don't have to have that. Because if God is drawing your heart to approach Him in the right way, to know Him which is only through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ by faith, we pray that you would trust Him tonight. You don't have to trust what anyone said to you in any required class through religion. Don't put your confidence there. This is something personal between you and God by way of His Son, and He doesn't draw Mama and Daddy's heart for you. He doesn't draw the, the deacon's heart who is your uncle for you. He doesn't draw the grandkid of the preacher through, through, through grandpa the preacher. It is you individually and the conviction on your heart that you realize you're a sinner and the, the, the way to God has not been through the deception of religion. It is through trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. And we pray that you would do that before you leave this room tonight. You will not be turned away. You will not be rejected. You can know Him and the personal relationship that He gives and the realization that we were born in hostility against God because of Adam's sin, and we must be born again. Look, this is a moment... In your life, just like short little Zacchaeus when he was up in that tree. Jesus said, come on down here. Today salvation is coming to thy house. The thief on the cross. Such a life of criminal activity. And Jesus remembered him in that last hour of his life. And he trusted in the Lord and he was saved. There is a day for you and I to approach God. In the, right, in the right way, only through a relationship with Jesus as, as He draws us and as we trust Him by faith. And children of God, may we rejoice in not a throne of judgment held over our head, but a throne of grace that the children of God can freely go to any time in our time of need. Our great high priest, let us just, let us just consider what He has done for us tonight. Well, and with that, we're going to go ahead and close in a word of prayer. We will get started with another series sometime in the near future. And, and with that, I'm going to ask uh, Terry Metter if he would close our Bible study in a word of prayer.